You are listening to the Eastern Conference Wednesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Each and every week, the Battle of Ontario teams get together and take a look at the hottest and coldest teams in the Eastern Conference, but we've reached the quarter mark of this NHL regular season, so we've got some awards to hand out. From MVP to the most disappointing player, and has Mike's cup pick changed? All that coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Wednesday, November 30th. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me over at Locked On Senators Monday through Friday. And my co-host, Mike DeStefano, over at Locked On Leafs. Mikey, you're covering the hottest team in the Eastern Conference right now. Evidently. Evidently, the Maple Leafs, yeah, they've won four uh, four straight games for uh, the Buds here. Big, you know, all on the road as well. And at a time when the team lost a bunch of quality players they lost their top three defensemen and they've just kind of bought in defensively you've got mitch marner on a 16 game no 17 games after last night point streak one shy of the 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 franchise record you've got matthews with back-to-back games with goals at five on five you've got nylander with nine goals in his last 12 you're getting some rookies stepping up you're getting some young guys it's really been a a, a full team effort it's good vibes in uh, in toronto right now and Mikey, we were talking two, three weeks ago, and it was literally the opposite. You were talking about how maybe Sheldon Keefe's seat was hotter than any other head coach in the National Hockey League. So, but go ahead. I'll say this: that was I did clarify also that it was because of the team underperforming, correct? And that being the only bullet that you know Kyle Dubis had essentially to make, and it was either the team gets it going and they pick it up themselves to save the coach, or he might have to be the sacrificial lamb. Luckily, the team got it going because Sheldon keeps a good coach, man. The guy's done a really good job, and thankfully, they were able to weather the storm and keep him intact and keep him kind of manning the ship here. He's done a good job. Yeah, for more on the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, you can listen to Mike and his co-host, David Morissuti, Monday through Friday, anywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube, where we'd also love if you'd subscribe to Locked On NHL. It goes a long way to helping the algorithm as well as wherever you download your podcast. Leave a review on Apple. It also helps out the show mightily. All right, more from the last week, and then we're going to get into some awards as we've reached the quarter mark, the American Thanksgiving flagpole portion of the NHL regular season. But since we last spoke, not only are the Toronto Maple Leafs undefeated 4-0, and but there's a couple other win streaks in the Eastern Conference. The Islanders, sneaky Islanders team, has won three in a row, and the Montreal Canadiens, 2-0 and this week. All no losses either all right and we should just for completeness sake the new jersey devils win streak came to an end who beat them uh mike the devils that would be the toronto maple leafs right Right. they were one shy of of breaking the record and the maple leafs went in there and said i don't think so and got it three was it three goals called back that yes it was three goals called back (laughs) There was lots of uh, things thrown out onto the ice and probably some profanities for uh, for the officiating. But, I mean, like, those were 
Don Goals. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sure people in, and our good friend Trey Matthews probably would have something else to say. He probably disagrees with that. But at the end of the day, they were all upheld and called as no goals. So who am I to, to argue with, uh, with, with the NHL and, and the guys over in Toronto, all right? Oh, wait, the Worms in Toronto? Oh, I, I hear. Some people are saying that the Worms in Toronto, that's what some people are saying. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. All right. Well, full disclosure, we are recording on Tuesday. It's a busy night in the National Hockey League, so we're not going to get too bogged down in the Thanksgiving standings where we know a lot of teams that are in at Thanksgiving are in come playoffs. But I do want to get in to the Stanley Cup picks that we made in preseason. Mike, has yours changed at all now that you've had 20 game sample size from every team in the league? Probably. I, I think it has changed. Like, I... I believe I would have said, cause we, did we open it up? I can't remember if we opened it up to a full league wide pick or do we keep it on this show? Do we keep it to just Eastern conference? I think it was just Eastern conference. Okay. Then I believe I would have said Tampa at the beginning of the year. That would have made the most sense. And yeah, I, I, I had the Rangers and they're underperforming losers of three straight big, yeah. big, big home and home coming up with the Ottawa senators. We just had yeah. John chick on from locked on Rangers on our show, but that's a team that that looks like they need a bit of jump. And now all of a sudden, we're hearing Gerard Gallant's name being thrown out by fans. Maybe nothing to it, but there, there is obviously... And I asked John Chick today, sorry to get off topic, but the Rangers are a big star. I do want your cup pick. Now, what would that Rangers team be if they hit a home run on like one of the four high picks that they had? Like, Lafreniere and Kako are playing like middle six roles. Kravtsov has been a healthy scratch, ninth overall. And Leas Anderson, they had to trade for a bag of pucks. He was seventh overall. Like yeah. Those are four top eight, top 10 rather picks who just haven't panned out and still early on Lafreniere. But with the talent they have at the top of their lineup, it would be, they would be a dynasty. They I would think. Be. And everyone was crowning them for that quick turnaround. And it really hasn't, I mean, they went to the conference final last year. So, I mean, they, they, they still have been real solid, but um, you know, to start this season, at least at the quarterway mark, they've definitely been one of the more disappointing teams and, I have a feeling, just a tease, that uh, when we talk about disappointing players in the National Hockey League in the Eastern Conference through the quarter mark, somebody on that team will probably come up. That said, they are not my Stanley Cup pick. Uh, my Stanley Cup pick at this point, I, I probably got to go with the Boston Bruins, to be honest with you. Like, what we're seeing out of Boston is unreal, and it, they only seem to be getting better and better and better. Like, they've gone through so many injuries. They started the year off with, Marshawn injured, Grizzlick was injured, McAvoy was injured. They've all come back and they've just seamlessly transitioned and allowed this team to keep getting better and better. Olmark and Swayman have spent some time injured. Um, the two of those guys, Olmark coming back, I believe, for tonight's matchup. Olmark uh, is thirteen, and again, this is leading into tonight. But Olmark is thirteen and one yeah, on the season. Yeah. It's unbelievable, and that team is twelve and zero at home. They can't beat them at TD Garden. You just yeah. can't beat them. So if they end up winning the conference and uh, winning the division, which is very possible for them to do, um, if, if they're unbeatable at home, I mean, in a seven-game series, that's going to be tough to tough to do. And, like, that's just a squad. You look at that roster up and down. It got last dance type of vibes. And they got guys who know how to win a Stanley Cup over there. So uh, right now, a quarter way in, I, I think the Boston Bruins are, are a team that might be primed to – to finish off, you know, that last dance type of maneuver and win themselves a cup. They've looked you know good at him. You know what a super underrated move was last year? I know they paid a pretty penny to get him. 
But Hampus Lindholm is just one of those stabilizers on the back end where you can put them on any pair and all of a sudden they're going to provide positive results in shot differential in scoring chances for it. It's unreal. Like he even came in and, and it takes a little while to acclimate wherever you are, but in 31 games in Boston, he's plus 30 with 23 points. That's, that's unreal. And obviously plus minus gets skewed, especially on teams as dominant top to bottom as the Boston Bruins, but he has been just such a positive light averaging over 24 minutes a game and now settling in to a top four role. How about McAvoy too? 10 points in eight games, but do they have an even better player? Maybe we'll get to that. Once the MVP talk comes around, I want to make this a little positivity sandwich. We get our cup picks right off the bat. We'll go through. I want to hit the middle. We'll go with the most disappointing player, and then we'll work our way back up. We'll give the rookies there. We'll make the rookies wait until near the end to talk about the best rookies. And then finishing off, we'll touch on our MVP in the Eastern Conference. So far, 20 games in to the National Hockey League season. This is the time where trends start to develop. And today's edition of Locked on NHL is brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Visit betonline.net. And I say trends because if you if you see a team like the Buffalo Sabres with 81 goals, and yeah, they're winning some, they're losing some, perfect time to go hit the over at Bet Online. There's streaks. Streaks are meant to be broken. So if you want to bet that the Leafs won't win the next game, well, go to betonline.net. I know it's bold, Mikey, but you, hey, all streaks are made to be San broken. San Jose, Ross, they're playing the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I mean, the Sens made the San Jose Sharks look like the Harlem Globetrotters last week, losing 5-1 in yeah, the Shark Tank. The Sens suck. You know? But like, aren't, aren't Amber, the Leafs? Hammer all, like, fade the Sens. Fade the Sens on BetOnline. Dude, the Leafs, I believe, have the worst record in the NHL over the last five years when they are minus 200 favorites in the game. That's a correct stat. That is a correct stat, but uh, that narrative is over. We're done. We're past that. We're oh, so streak, streaks are meant to be broken. No, no. It, that streak already broke when they went in and they beat the Detroit Red Wings and they went and they beat a bunch of other clubs over the last cup. Good vibes, all right? We got good vibes in Toronto. Quit trying to bring it down. Well, you know how I'll bring it down? I will let everyone know that you can get props at betonline.net in 42 career games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eric Carlson has... 42 points, point per game player. So you can bet on him to get a point. You can still bet on the Leafs, though. If you're if you're feeling confident, you know you're going to have to lay some to get it at uh, the odds, which you can go find at betonline.net. But that's what all the fun is, having a chat, having a laugh with the fellas over bad bets, bad beats, and stacking cash. You can find it all at betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right, you're listening to Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Mike DiStefano here on a Wednesday, November 30th edition. Can't believe it's just about November, or December in the calendar. We're almost in 2023. But we've got a lot to get to from the year that was. And I want to go, give me a surprise right off the bat. Who's your most surprising player in the Eastern Conference, for good or bad? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll give you a couple of that, that I think are well, Go Give ahead. me good because we're getting to a we have a category here, yeah. In the NHLs, we'll call it with the most disappointing. So who surprised you for the better? Yeah, I mean, like, is it too too much of a homer pick to go with John Tavares? I mean, realistically, you as an outsider perspective, what did you expect of of John Tavares coming off the season he had coming into the uh, the new year and then gets an oblique injury in training camp and you know barely gets back for the start of the season and then all of a sudden 
The guy's been unbelievable. He's been terrific this year. I wasn't expecting that. That's been one of the more surprising players to me this season. He's sitting there ninth in the NHL in goals, um, top ten in points. I mean, like the guy honestly is 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 playing some of his best hockey that he's played in a while. Like he's looking like the New York Islanders level of John Tavares, and he's doing it on the defensive side of things, on the offensive side of things. He's been one of the players that's really surprised me. Here's one for you that it's a bit of a cop out pick, but. How about Sidney Crosby leading the NHL in points at five on five? Did you see this? That surprises you? Just because he at his age, I don't know. For some reason, I was I I, when I was looking into the numbers and I was digging, I was like, oh, it kind of like my eyebrow went up. Sidney Crosby's leading the league in points at five on five. It was kind of crazy to me. No, I think that's fair. I just think that he's such an elite player. You just know that he's going to be one of those guys where even when he's 40 years old, he's still going to find a way to put up like 65, 70 points. Just yeah. so smart. He, he's just so, so smart. At, um, but I, I still respect I mean, he's first place. You, you probably wouldn't have thought that going into the season. Sorry, is that first in the East or in the whole NHL? In the entire NHL. Crosby yeah, is at, at five on five points. Um, but the other one that I did want to hit on that I did want to mention, we had talked about him previously. So I feel like, okay, let's bring back into the fold. But it is Linus Omar. Like the season that Linus Omar yep. is having pretty much at the top of every statistical goaltending category that's out there. Win, save percentage, goals against. I mean, this guy honestly is having an unbelievable year for the Boston Bruins. 13-1 record, as you noted earlier. Um, that has been a, a, a huge surprise considering the – the season he had last year, adjusting to life in Boston, it did not go as well as anticipated when he signed that big ticket. I think it was like five years, five million or four year, five million, something like that. Um, but the second year of that deal has been a home run so far. And Olmark has been a big surprise for uh, for the Boston Bruins, I think, and in, in, in the Eastern Conference of the NHL. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. You know, goalie-friendly show over at Locked On Senators. So I appreciate you giving some love to, to Linus Allmark. They're, they're so, it's so funny to me because I, I feel like there's way more surprises in the Western Conference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Morgan well, Geeky. Be number one. Yeah, Morgan Geeky putting up ridiculous points to Seattle Kraken, who, I mean, you could just say the entire Kraken team would be one of the surprises in the entire National Hockey League, but we'll save that. Of course, you can tune in every Tuesday. Brett Holden and Jess Belmosto have your Western Conference covered, and this player was drafted into the Western Conference. He was in a big-game trade where all of a sudden they lost, and I know we've talked about him a lot with the contract extension and how he started the year, but, man, Tage Thompson deserves his flowers all season long. Like, I mean, we compared him to 66 last, last week, so maybe we should actually tone it down. But there's no player that maybe the surprise isn't the best term because he had such a good year last year. But the fact that he's duplicating that, if not improving on his campaign, is so impressive to me. So I'm going to go Tage Thompson one, but you gave me two. So I'm going to give you two. We knew he was a good player again. So this is probably more like your Crosby one, another captain. But did we know Nico Heischer had the offensive capability that he's putting up this season? I don't know if we did. No, he, he, he's he's a really good one. He's a guy, too, who's right up there. When you look at points per 60, Nico Heischer is, is right in the mix there up at the top. Dude, how about him being 58% in the dot? Like, he looks like a slender guy. It's just all tactical with him. 
and, and everybody I talked to, um, I spoke with Ken Danico, a longtime Devils player. He's currently a broadcaster there. I remember uh, when the Leafs were playing them last week, Lindy Ruff had said the same thing. Not only is, is the guy producing offensively, but he also is like a Selkie candidate, and yeah. a legitimate shutdown Selkie candidate. Uh, Danico, I believe, called him, uh, you know, a little Berger, Bergeron light. In a way. I, I like that comparison. I mean, we hear it all the time whenever it's a two-way guy, but I, I actually like it for, for Nico Heischer. He's got the, the leader into 20 of his 25 points at, at even strength too. Yeah. Or 19, I, sorry, because he's got a shorty. I, see, I, I, I was going to use, I was going to use him for surprising player, but I had him as breakout. I had him in the breakout okay. category. Yeah, fair. So, but, but he certainly 100% deserves and belongs to be within this discussion. I think his teammate might be the guy for, for breakout player. Another first overall. Yeah, yeah, they both can be. I mean, absolutely. You can have both those guys there. Yeah. So do you want to get into your breakout player? You can, you can kind of build on he sure if you want. And then if you want to give me a one B situation, go for it. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I, I just think the season that that guy's having, both offensively and defensively, he's certainly somebody who uh, is getting a lot of love and, and deservedly so. But I'll give you a couple other guys since we kind of already touched on them. Just get some other guys some love. But uh, in terms of a breakout star for me, how about Martin Nakash? What this guy's doing out in Carolina, 24 points in 22 games, over a point per game right now in the National Hockey League. I mean, this is somebody who has a career high of 41 a couple of years ago. That's a career high, right? He hasn't gotten past that, and he's already up to 24 through 22 games. Um, the guy's been unbelievable so far this season. So he's somebody who I think definitely deserves uh, you know, to be classified as a breakout star. And, you know, they, they really needed somebody to come in and kind of solidify that top six in a way to, to give them that depth in behind Ajo. And he's done just exactly that. So Carolina Hurricanes, they're in a real good spot with uh, with Martin Nakash in the mix, doing what Yasperi Katkaniemi just simply couldn't do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I actually this this leads me so perfectly into my because if you'd allow me to be a homer for a second, how many times did I hear Brady Kachuk was only going to be a third line power forward? This guy's on pace for ninety two points. He has seven multi point games this season. Yes, very Kotkaniemi has five multi-point games in his career, and he has five points on the season. If you don't remember the 2018 draft, one pick before. What's his career high for Brady Kachuk? Brady Kachuk hit 30 goals in game 82 last season. Yes. And is, this really, is this a really a breakout? I mean, maybe. I, suppose. I think so. 67 points. I mean, you could say maybe like it's last still, year might have been the breakout. This is just kind of building. If he goes, anyway. if he goes, like so Tage 30, Thompson, right. It's like, it's like Tage Thompson had his breakout right. year last year and he's just building on it and getting better and better. I think it's more so the overall game that he's playing as well. He's fighting a lot less. He's being asked to fight a lot less, even though I don't know if he's lost many. Uh, he stood up for Jake Sanderson in one of his games, uh, the one in Anaheim. So dropped the mitts there, but he's just using himself so much better at five on five. He always kind of looked like Bambi when he skated. He's improved that so much. Like he, he might be like, there's Gabriel Landis cog. I don't know how much longer the list is before you have Brady Kachuk in the top power forwards in the national hockey league. And I think people can Ooh, forget it. Just, yeah, like Jamie Ben's having wow. a bit of a resurgence in, in Dallas. I'll give his brother a little notch notch on that as well. Well, Matthew, Matthew I'd say he's more of a skill guy, though. Like Brady's like, wow. 
I mean, it was Matthew on on a podcast recently that said Brady's the number one power forward in the NHL. I think that might have been a bit of brotherly love, but um, he's certainly in the mix. So that's why I've got him like 67 points, but still pretty bad defensive results last year. Now he's like, he's the number one Corsi guy. He, he almost became the first player in NHL history uh, last season to have 300 shots on goal and 100 pims in the same season. Uh, he, he's just an animal out there. And um, I, I just got to give him his flowers for sure. Cause yeah, I, I see what you're saying though. He's already hit 30 goals, 67 points. Is it a breakout? But if, if last year was his breakout and he went from like 45 on pace, right? 56 game season, he was probably on pace for 50. So if he goes 50 to 67, but then this year hits 85, I'd argue that that's the bigger gap. That's the breakout season where he's over a point per game player. I think even his biggest supporters at the, at the draft, I don't know if they would have told you he was going to be an over point per game player at the NHL level. They would have talked about everything else he brings. So if he's becoming an even strength scorer and being able to score off the rush, two things that were kind of lacking in his game, you're looking at, at just a, a unicorn type player at 6'5", 230 pounds. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. I think he's a, um, a bit of a unicorn. Like there's not many guys who play the way that he does. And for sure he is certainly over exceeding what I ever expected him to be. I kind of clowned on the Ottawa Senators, to be honest with you, for keeping that pick and then giving up the pick the year after to the Colorado Avalanche, which turned into Bowen, uh, Bowen Byram. But I remember thinking to myself, uh, that's dicey. I would not want to go into the following year knowing I don't have that selection. What if it turns into the number one? Luckily, it didn't. It turned into Bo Byram. But, uh, I mean, even if it did turn into the number one, I mean, uh, that ended up being – what year was that? What draft was that? No, it was uh, Brady was 2018. That was when they're, they were at the depth. It was Hughes, though, right? So the following number one pick would have been Jack Hughes is what Correct. I mean. Correct. So yeah, maybe you would rather Jack Hughes, but anyways, they didn't get into that situation. Yeah. And uh, I think they're, they're certainly happy with the fact that they made that selection and didn't, uh, didn't give it up and then grab someone at four, like Bo Byram in the, in the following yeah. year. And it's off ice too, right? Like the face of the franchise and they oh, needed that yeah. with, yeah. with Carlson on the way out. Like he puts them on the map as, as a franchise for sure. League wide yeah. as, as he's got popularity in the States with the, Kachuk name and everything as well, but stud. All right, moving on. Uh, so we've got our most surprising player, our breakout player. Let's hit a quick break and come back with our rookie of the year candidate and MVP. You're listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. Stay tuned for more after this. All right, you're Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me Monday to Friday over at Locked On Senators alongside Mike DeStefano from Locked On Leafs. All right. Before we get to those final two categories, we talk about breakout player, surprising player. How about who's disappointed you the most through 20 games? Uh, you know, I I pumped up the tires of a couple of goaltenders earlier in the show just to take the wind out of the sails here. I mean, you, you take a look at a couple of these goalies and you're not seeing great stuff out of two Russian goalies who are considered the top in the NHL, but both Igor Shosturkin and the guy who's been the number one for many, many years here, Andre Vasilevsky, both definitely not having the seasons that you expected them to have. Vasilevsky currently 19th in the NHL, the 905 save percentage, a 294 goals against Shesterkin, a, a 913 and a 258 in his last two games have been stinkers. I mean, that he, he's being given a nickname right now. Uh, well, I guess I can't say it because it's a swear word, but like Igor... Bleepkin, 
essentially like bleep circuit, whatever you want to say it. Like it's, it's not good for those guys. And uh, certainly I think that's where you're, you're finding a little bit of issues and guys who are disappointing you this year. I think it's those two Russian tendies who have come to be what we have deemed and considered, you know, the best goaltenders in the world. And they've been absolutely nothing of the kind this season. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, well said too, with with Igor, and he's a big reason why the New York Rangers are uh, are faltering right now in the standings. Like it, it's tough to watch them kind of go the other way and and not be where you'd expect them. A team who we always expect to be in the mix is the Washington Capitals. I feel like as an overall team, they've disappointed. So I could pick from a few guys. I don't. I don't want to take the low hanging fruit. But when you're when you're failing to produce, you got to look at the best players, and I, I feel bad doing it at, at 36 years old. But no. we've just come to expect them to be so no. much better. It's no, it's away from the puck, dude. Alex Ovechkin has been bad away from the puck, and I know that he's still scoring. And I mean, maybe not to the pace that we're used to—11 goals in 23 games. That's usually six or seven higher. But I just expect him to be the force to win games. You think that they're so weak? outside of him with their injuries too that it's really kind of beyond his control in a way like i think you just he he that team is so battered and bruised i mean they they lost yeah. tom wilson for a long time they yeah, still have connor brown played four Jackson. games connor brown got hurt like they just have guys going down left right and center and it's 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 got to be tough to be there right it's probably you know just hurting their just what's the word i'm looking for like the mojo morale. i guess yeah like the morale yeah. of that group is probably at a at very very low you would think at this point in the year just given the fact that they like you said are, are a perennial playoff team and this year they're not there but it just feels so dirty to include ovechkin yeah. in, in i know no trust me i just like i didn't know who else had the right expectations on them like anthony mantha just never lived up once he got traded like he's just no. kind of and I know Verana has been dealing with some things and he's not in the lineup, but when he is, he's, he's a much better player. So I, I look at kind of that trade as being a part of the downfall. Um, certainly not as bad as uh Erat for Philip Forsberg, but uh, when you're looking at, at how Washington kind of fell apart, cause I, I look at it and like Kemper's got a nine seventeen save percentage. Like that's league average, if not higher. And they're still faltering. And it just, I mean, if you're stopping pucks, then you got to put him in the net. So you look at the guy who's been able to do it for the last 18 years, and I guess you just have to understand father time undefeated, and he, he's still producing, but it's not going to be at that MVP level that we've seen in years past. It's funny. I'm just looking at the stats from last year to see what exactly, I guess, is going on. Like, our, our, do Didn't he have 45, 50 goals last year? Uh, yeah, I think he had, he had another 50 goals last year. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the underlying numbers a little bit just to see if yep. – like his chances are down at all. Um, pretty well similar. I guess he's averaging like one chance per game less. One. Uh, How about on the defensive end? Higher. Uh, so shots blocked is pretty much the same. A percentage of one. He actually is hitting more than he was a year ago. He has more takeaways per 60 than he had a year ago. Is averaging more giveaways than he had a season ago. Uh, in terms of on ice, we look at uh, see goals, expected goals. Let's see this. Expected goals against is two six nine a year ago, two eight nine per sixty okay. this season. Funny enough, though, 
on the ice for more expected goals per 60 and is a expected goal differential of 51%. Last year was 48%. So wow. analytically, better things are happening this year when he's out there than they were a season ago. More uh, scoring chances for his team when he's out there this season. Uh, more high danger chances for his team when he's out there this season. Um, ultimately, I mean, it just doesn't seem to be going. It's not going way. in on him right now. So you're, if you're going to betonline.net, you're betting on a on an OV heater coming up. You think he's going to yeah. get that point total up? I think so. His PDO's at nine five seven, so it's it's that's a little low wow. for what you would expect. Yeah, um, for Alex Ovechkin. So I, I think that the numbers suggest that he's been a little bit better, and arguably, when he's on the ice, more, better things are happening for his team this season than they were a season ago. Like last year when he was on the ice, they're averaging 3.46 goals per 60. Uh, this year it's down to just 1.68, but the expectation is 2.86. So they're performing below expectation, which is probably skewing what we're thinking about Sovechkin. So I might throw a flag on the play there, Ross. I think I'm going to throw okay. a flag on the play. I don't think Fair. he can be included. Fair. That's fair. I just had to look at a team that was disappointing me and then looked at their top players. And those aren't the numbers I come to expect from Alex Ovechkin, but good rebuttal. I appreciate it. And now let's get to our MVP as we're now 20 games into the NHL season. Mikey, who do you have? Well, so the MVP, this one might somewhat shock and surprise. I want to hear yours first, actually. I would like to hear yours first and then I'll drop mine because I think it might surprise you. But you'll also be happy to hear it. But go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, I would tell you that two, if not three, would all be from the Western Conference if the voting was today. Uh, the top two, I would say Robertson and, and McDavid, probably one and two in that Correct. order, I might add. Robertson up at the top at this point, but that's for the Western Conference people to talk about. That's actually, that? they, they had a great debate on uh, Locked On Fantasy Hockey today. You can go check that out wherever you get your podcasts on. Who yeah, would you rather? On Overdrive yesterday, where we talked about league MVP to this point in the season, they went McDavid, and I was on an island on jason robertson but i think i brought a pretty good case i mean you yeah. go look at the production per 60 numbers the guy's absolutely on fire and he leads the nhl in goals like yeah. and it's, you know what's crazy about it so he's on pace per for an 82 game season to score 67 goals this year you would think that and this is coming off a year where he scored 41 you would think that that would mean what the shooting percentage is probably out of whack right right incorrect exact same shooting percentage wow 18 percent which could suggest that we might get another, you know, six, potentially 60 goal score, probably 50 at least out of Jason Robertson this year, which is insane to think about. But Interesting. It's an Eastern Conference show. Yep. We got to chat about an Eastern Conference player. So who's that guy for you? Oh, there's there's some great ones. I almost, I almost want to go with my preseason pick. And I'm going to do it. I have to. It, it's got to be David Pasternak. You laughed me out of the room. When I put him up there, and now he's fifth in league scoring, second among Eastern Conference players, and I would argue for sure he's having a better year than Nikita Kucherov, who's two points up on him. You can you can make the argument, and I think I know where you're going to go, although I'm excited to find out. But Pasternak's just been unbelievable. 17 points at even strength, 15 more on the power play, and, and that's where Boston's been making their hay. He's already got 106 shots on goal, second in the National Hockey League behind Timo Meyer. Somehow Timo Meyer's 119 shots, by the way. 
which is 16 more, or sorry, 13 more than anyone else. And only Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, and Tage Thompson and Jack Hughes have over 100. Um, so he's putting everything at net like we know he does. 14 goals, as I said, 32 points, averaging a point and a half per game. I just think that he brings it every night. And if he wasn't playing as well as he is, is Boston first or second, I should say, behind uh, New Jersey? They're going kind of neck and neck. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I got to stick with David Pasternak, but a lot of good candidates. All right. That's 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 not the guy who I would have at the top of my list. And the guy who I have at the top of my list, and the reason why I said I think you'll appreciate it, and I don't know how legitimate this is because goaltenders don't typically end up getting the MVP, but go look at what Ilya Sorokin is doing yeah. out on the island, man. Like, this team is horrible defensively. Last I checked, they were legitimately bottom three in almost every defensive category there is in terms of scoring chances against, um, shot uh, attempts for, uh, goals. Like, it, it's just disgusting what the type of defense that they're playing in front of this guy. Yet you go look at them, and they're one of the best teams, and they just keep winning games. Why is that? Because Ilya Sorokin has been an absolute phenom. He's got a 933 save percentage of 219 goals against. The guys saved 14 goals, um, saved above average. His goals saved above expected. Is, is that on, first? Oh, That's 100%. Yeah, yeah, first. Yes, first. It's definitely first. Um, him and Linus Allmark are kind of neck and neck in that in that regard. And then has got to be up there, too. He is up there for sure for uh, for Winnipeg. But you look at goalie point share, which is almost like baseball's equivalent of war, the point share statistic that Hockey Reference has. He's number one in the NHL with 4.1 point shares. So that's four points, which is more than any other goaltender in the National Hockey League that he has accrued for his team based on his play alone. I honestly am still confused at how they calculate that stat, to be honest with you. But it's got to be more than that, man. Like, he's won them so many. He's won them, specifically his play. That game last week against the, the Edmonton Oilers, where they won 3 nothing. the dude made 50 saves. <laughs> 50 saves. The expected goals was like 6.3 expected goals for Edmonton. Yeah. Scored zero because of Ilya wow. Sorokin's play. The Leafs, they should have won that game last week against uh, against New York as well. Ilya Sorokin played uh, played spoiler. So that's four points just with those two games alone. And this guy's been one of the best in the league. So to me, Ilya Sorokin, um, I know it's tough for goalies to get MVP love because they don't play every night. And we saw this kind of happen with Ilya Shosturkin last year. But honestly, this is a player who, in my mind, should get some love. And to this point, I'm going to put a little – Little uh, little staple on him and say that's my guy. That's my okay. Eastern Conference MVP through the quarter mark of the season. Yeah, that's great. And I know it doesn't count for this year, but I saw him play in Winnipeg last year. Shut out, thirty five saves in that game. Like he's he's unreal, and he plays so much smaller than he looks. So he's listed at six three, but he has this really low stance. But man, he kicks out saves, no rebounds. It's super impressive to watch. So I like that from you. Anyone who's listening or watching, you can go comment on YouTube. Leave us a five star review. Who are your MVP, cup pick, most surprising player, and most disappointing? I have a feeling there's going to get some conversation going. So go do that on the YouTube channel and on the Locked On NHL podcast. Mikey, I just picked up a vintage jersey. I know you're a card guy. Are you much of a jersey guy too? A little bit, a little bit. Did you like those uh, Red Wings jerseys last night that they had? That 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 They look better on the ice than in pictures. I'll give you know them what? that. So my co-host of the lunch didn't like them, Julia Tasheri, but hmm. I actually really liked them, and they reminded me of of like a a Coke Zero. 
I called them the Code <laughs> jerseys, and I thought they were pretty sharp. Yeah, you know what I like? And again, this is going to lead into the jersey I'm going to pull up, but the Winnipeg Jets reverse retro, that baby blue looks sharp on the yeah. ice. They've been wearing them more and more, and that logo is on this one too. How do you like this guy? The oh. old school. Oh, yeah, dude. You already know You already yeah. know where I went with it, right? With the captain? You got a guess? What, captain? What, Howard yeah. Chuck? No. Oh, come on. Old what? Keith Kachuk, buddy. It's a nice big little wolf. mix there. Little big, big wolf. wolf. Yeah. Actually, it was a two-for-one deal. Sick for uh, vintage jerseys. I got the blue one with Timu Solani, number 13. Obviously, with the glove throw, the little how are you, but... Yeah, went with uh, went with Keith, youngest captain in uh, Jets history, and uh, now his son's the captain of the team I cover every day. So I'm gonna throw that on. I got Avalanche Jets tonight. Mikey will do this again next week. It'll be December. We'll get in maybe some. We'll probably wait two weeks for that. But we got to get some stocking stuffers. Who, what we would give certain players in the NHL? That could be a fun topic here in like December it. on the Locked On NHL podcast. For more. Tomorrow, we've got power rankings, and every Friday, Rachel Donner and Gil Martin will take you through the week that was in the National Hockey League. But for today, we say goodbye. For Mike DeStefano, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On NHL Podcast, your team every day.